Father God, I thank you for everyone that's present right now. Every ear that hears, every mind that starts to think, Father. Father, that they would reflect upon you the great meaning that you bring forth to each and every life, regardless of what's occurring, station, class. Father, any person listening, I pray that you would draw into them and pull out questions that only you can answer. Bring them hope, bring them peace, but most of all, bring them salvation. We thank you for that gift of salvation that's ready for anyone who wants it. They could just call on you and ask you for it and then walk in it. We thank you for these lovely souls in Jesus' name. Amen. You had brought up uh, a concept that rang in my ears this whole idea of rejoicing you had said rejoicing and I was like man that's a very interesting word to to use considering the subject matter of what we were talking about like I said Philippians 4 we're starting with verse 4 uh going through to verse 9 uh do you want to go ahead and read it sure okay reading from Philippians 4 verse 9 Excuse me, four to nine. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. We're in a situation that a lot of people um, there. There's no there's no training guide for this, um, in in a widespread sense, and so people are. This is a uh, such a fear-inducing thing for so many people that um, it's it's invoking that lizard part of the brain, that fight or flight part of the brain. I want to add to that thought. There's uh, another F, freeze up. The fight, flight, or freeze up. And these are people within a situation they don't want know what to do. They either withdraw or go into depression and they don't do anything to um, help themselves or their situation. But I'm going to talk to that when you get a moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then you have the people, you know, if, you know, they, they feel like uh, they need their freedom above anything else and they don't understand, they don't understand the, the gravity and the implication on other people. And so, you know, their, their right to be able to go and be and do wherever supersedes the logic of, you know, staying home and saving lives. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and unfortunately, Things like social media are a huge breeding ground. Things like the just going out to the store 
are a huge breeding ground for these differences of opinion, these reactions, these emotional um, responses for them to flare up and temper up and, and all of these things. So it's, it's, we're seeing a reaction from, from Christian, non-Christian, everybody else all, all over the place. And so for the Bible to out and out say, let your gentleness be evident to all, I think is a huge, it should be a huge wake up call for us to be reasonable, gentle, logical. I mean, honestly, we should be the front of the class when it comes to <laughs> logic and reason and heart and yeah. compassion mm-hmm. because we have access to the only real truth. Yes. Yes. Now, I will say that no matter how many years you have of intimacy with the Lord, you can get into a situation that digs down and pulls something wretched up. And I, I've had my own experiences. Uh, and, and, and maybe I'll share with that later. But this is not for newbies only. This is for people who have been in the faith for a while. And they get involved into a situation. They they may have never been pushed to dig down deep and give freely. Give out of your own need. Um, and I'll get to some stories later if time pertains. So I think there's a couple that really came out of them. And they all surround the infamous two words, toilet paper. Um <laughs> Because rejoicing sometimes, and, and you had talked about for the for us to have a certain mindset, you know, to step in the in the ground, uh, standing. I'm going to say stand in the gap. I forget which phrasing you did. There was uh, in Walmart. There was an elderly woman, and of course, this is during the whole toilet paper hoarding thing, which is still ongoing for those who don't know, uh, and why it's a respiratory illness would require that much toilet paper, I don't know. Uh, but a panic was set in, uh, in, in the global community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's an older woman who's actually trying to get toilet paper for her neighbors. She told me, and I believe her because of the things she did. She could have been down on the download, but no. There are some things that she, she behaved in a way where she was committed to trying to get for it and trying to do it with integrity. Uh, but there was no opportunity for her to get. Um, and I, I know she had talked with the manager. So to make a very long story short, uh, the manager had told her she could come go by, come back in and buy more. I heard him say that. Um, and she actually sold me, well, not sold me. She gave me the, the large package that she had. She could have kept that. So she gave me that out of her own free will. And um, but she needed to buy one. Now, Walmart did not institute a written policy of one per household or anything like that. They do now as a one per guest. So if I went in with my wife, we would each be able to get one item purchased separately, not together. I, which is what I assume we would have to purchase it separately. Um, and I couldn't come. I well. But that's what they were doing. So I went and purchased it for her and gave it to her. I paid for it so she could give it to an elderly neighbor. Um, And the cashier was upset with me because we were purchasing our own set. My wife was doing it and she was upset. But my thing is, 
I could not bear the thought of elderly people not having toilet paper, not being able to go out. And at that point was just the beginning of a, a two-hour shop for the senior citizens that stores would close down and only senior citizens. And then the blowback that social media had about it, well, they don't deserve to have separate time for those. They could just shop like everybody else. But they don't understand. People will take from their cart when they're not looking the toilet paper that they have claimed. Um, Walmart at that point that I was at also brought out more. There were guys with bigger packages of toilet paper after I was there. Uh, you know, after I did the transaction and everything and was finished up and wife, they, they had the big packs. So it's coming in, but it's going out as quickly as it's coming in. But just to say that the 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 lady who was monitoring the self-checkout, she was really angry that oh, I did had done something wrong, something against policy. She didn't want to hear it or anything. But I said, okay, fine. Do do what you want to do. Stand over there. But I'm concerned about the elderly. I have always been. Um, uh, maybe this is because I lost my mother as well. But hearing the stories, the elderly are the first ones to suffer generally. So they have to be looked on. Now, my wife and I, we had bought more toilet paper to give out to the community as there was need. And I went and I gave to neighbors. And I don't know if I shared this with you, but it was actually very hard to give away the toilet paper. You would think people, would, oh yeah, I can. I know someone could use it, but nobody wanted to give it. Uh, I'll take it and give it. Um, a cup last week, I had gone to Wegmans and they had buy one per person. I bought another package and in the car I had a package and we, my wife and I picked up the middle of the community. We were driving back. I saw a man, he was outside his house and he was having a hard time getting mud off his sneakers. He actually had taken off his sneakers and was slamming them against the driveway. So out of, I can't even tell you it was a prompting. I stopped and I asked the man, do you need toilet paper? He goes, yes, this is the first man who wanted toilet paper. It, it probably in two weeks into this and he was so excited i had a, a a set of six and then i had a set of 12 and he took this set and he said well you can keep that and everything i said no you can have both of them you know and he's because he says his wife was telling him gotta get out get that toilet paper gotta get that toilet paper and so he was thanking god i was thanking god for the opportunity to give it to him and we were both rejoicing and, you know, no money transacted here. This was one fellow human being helping another fellow human being by chance. So that's my anecdote. And, and the rejoicing that went on for both of us was immense. We knew uh, that God had done something. Whether or not it was, quote unquote, by chance is up to me, but... Uh, yeah, okay, let's put it this way. This head wasn't thinking that way. <laughs> this, uh, I think you refer to it as a reptile brain. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the uh, the thing that makes people believe I'm a Neanderthal. There are probably plenty of reasons. <laughs> you know that that they could not think of that at that moment. And my wife was watching the transaction, so she was actually happy too. So she rejoiced too. Rejoicing is contagious, people. It is. It really is. Um, scientifically proven, it is it is contagious. Going back to um, going back to the passage set here, uh, it's interesting to me. He has every reason 
not to rejoice in this in this circumstance. And for so many of us, it's easy to look at the world around. The world has uh, fear and anxiety for us. Look at the news. Look at the look at the world around us right now. Uh, we live in. Uh, uncertain times in a lot of in a lot of regards. Uh, the Bible says, "Do not be anxious about anything. Not there no no ifs ands or exceptions to that. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God." Um, prayer is not informing God. Prayer is including God. You know, it's like the parent that sees their kid um, struggling with something and you just kind of have to sit back and wait for them to include you in the situation. There is a, a neat little thing that happens when you do that, that inclusion. So when you say including God, but more so that when God allows us to struggle, and we come to him and we look for the answer and we work with him for the answer. That is a knowledge transfer. If you're told something, you generally don't retain it. But if you work through it, you do retain it. So I think it's great. Um, and then uh, when you're done with that thought, I have a, a note about the word nothing. Uh, okay. Do not worry about anything or nothing. Yeah, good. Okay. Um, in, in the NIV, it translates, it translates it as do not worry about anything. But um, in other translations, don't care, uh, don't care for, let me look at how it was phrased. It was like, uh, oh, you know what it was? It was the King James that I had, where it actually used the word nothing. And so some people may be more accustomed to that. And it says, be careful for nothing. So it's a little archaic, but the word nothing. So when you look into the Greek, the word nothing actually means nothing. So you don't have to worry about any situation you're in because a lot of times we personalize, we're going through the worst thing ever because it's personalized to us. And therefore it falls out of the do not care. Um, what is that phrase? Do not be anxious for anything. So anything means anything in this case. So the, the literal, the meaning is whatever you're in, don't treat it that it falls outside of God's ability. Exactly. He's got it. He's got it. And it was leading into exactly what you were talking about. That's exactly it. Um, Paul says in, in, in I can Paul states um, during one of his during one of his writings that there's this sense of duality um, to him that you know he knows that God has things for him here, but he wants to be with he wants to be with the Lord. He wants to be um, in heaven with Him face to face, and there's this there's this sense of duality to um to to life of of wanting the 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 grand prize at the end but understanding that there's still more work to be done um 
And living there, the people that can truly say that they do not fear death, they do, they rejoice at the idea of 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 meeting God. Mm. You know, maybe not thrilled about the process, but wonderful about the about the end result sort of thing. Um, man, the level of trust, the level of trust, and see, here's the thing. Here's, if if I've if I've learned anything so far in this is that your life, regardless of how concrete you think it is, regardless of how normalized and how routined and and everything your life is, regardless of how good you think you are, how bad you think you are, who you are or what you are, your life can change like that. Yes. In, in, an, in an instant, everything that you are prideful about, everything that you are proud about, everything that you hold on to from a, from a uh, materialistic standpoint, dude, that can be, that can be taken away um, and, and, and the landscape of things changed in a, in a moment's time. And for, for Christians, you know, we hear about how um, Jesus overcame sin and death, that, that he overcame, like, the, 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 real, the um, depths of the human condition when, when he rose again. That means everything. And, but, mm. but, but the thing is, guys, and, 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 and don't miss me on this, okay? It doesn't have anything to do with the present circumstances. Hear me out. There is not a correlation between, regardless of what it is that you're going through in the flesh, in the here and now, you can still rejoice in the victory of Jesus. And, and that's up until the fact of accepting the end result of the human condition. And that's a tough pill to swallow. I know that's a t that's not that I say that guys choking down the vinegar because it's hard for me to conceptualize that too. Do not let the present unknowns rob you of your joy and your peace. Yes. That's eternal. That that is that is the unchanging that is the um the 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 thing that you can count on regardless of how uncertain everything else is yeah yes i think there's a verse that mentioned when you talked about the duality that popped into my head maybe it's not the one you were thinking of was where paul says and it's in philippians 121 where to live is christ but to die is gain yeah which is a very compelling thought when you think about it it's saying here in the temporary, we're living to be like Christ. We are Christ to a dying world. And then when we die, we gain. And you would think logically it would be the reverse, that we would gain in this world by doing works. And I did air quotes there. I don't know if you could hear them. <laughs> but I did uh, air quotes. And then when we die, we would be like Christ in the resurrection. So we would be full. But it's not that. It's, uh, it's flipped. So we're to bear out Christ's image as servants and giving of ourselves. 
But was Christ mopey? Was Christ fearful? Was Christ sad? And he was able to rejoice because he was so connected with the Father. And when I think of the the final passage, to die is gain, what that must be like, you know, our reward, our gain. And in 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 the Greek, gain is just basically translated as advantage. Um, so we we wind up getting immeasurable because of what God has done. So the 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 Bible says, eye has not seen nor ear has heard what the Father has prepared. So even if it says we will walk on streets of gold, it's like gold we've never seen. Things we've never seen. And and you'll hear people when they talk about near-death experiences, despite what you believe, they say certain things, like colors are so vibrant. There's not a corruption of colors like they're in this world. So there's there's something to be said about what God has for people who are um, his. What we will gain is everything that Christ had access for, left the Father to become a human being. Now, I, I, I talked with someone about this. It's a slow process to go from baby to an adult male of 33 years. He didn't come, snap his fingers, and end uh, sin. He came as a baby, learned human ways the way baby did, fully divine, but he emptied himself, and he took the slow process of being perfect through every stage humanity goes through and just repeats after that point. So he did that flawlessly for us, and he was crucified. So this is the Christ we're to emulate as our beginning. So we're to be like him. So if we are fearful, if we are angry, if and everything that goes on plus what's happening with this uh, pandemic that people are feeling, if we can go and give the love of Christ, be his example to our neighbors, even when it makes us comfortable, that we know that when we die, we gain something far glorious than what Christ has done on the earth. It is far glorious than that. So we can live almost from the point of seeing the end. God wins. God wins, and we can live with that comfort regardless of what's going on. And one of the fruits out of that that Paul talks about is that you rejoice. And he says it in the other letters. Rejoice. Now, the one thing that I did want to bring up, and it was an earlier thought, today while I was thinking, if you rejoice, you are releasing something into your body, chemicals, that does not allow opportunistic diseases to take foothold. So the more you rejoice and you practice true rejoicing, which is adoring the Father and talking to him and listening to him, so that the point you are really in communion with God, and you can do this throughout the day, it does take a lot of practice, you wind up giving your body rest and peace. But rejoicing releases chemicals that help you ward up diseases. This is why they do a comparative study with a placebo effect. A placebo basically means I think this non-pill is going to work. So therefore, my body puts certain things into motion of its own to fight off whatever I'm fighting it off. 
So you therefore are triggering the body's own defense mechanism that God gave it. I heard one person explain antibiotics just slow down the bacteria so that your body can overwhelm it. So your body is very, very efficient. God designed it that way. But your mindset, that's another story. And the more you rejoice, the more you free yourself. So this is a very important attribute for the people of God to have. A person who is at peace with God will not be upset because if you are at peace, you are in the presence of God. Yeah, and that's it's it's funny because you look at some of these these concepts and you look at this and you're like, man, this is a little uh, faith 101, guys. This is a little Christian 101. Maybe sometimes in when when crisis is happening. Maybe that's the time to go back to basics. Maybe that's the time to go back to faith 101. Maybe that's the time to go back to what it means to be a Christian 101. You know what I mean? And 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 we go back to this whole idea of um, uh, trust and abiding and that intimacy, that almighty intimacy that we keep bringing up. But when you look at it, it's almost like God designed the puzzle to all fit together. You know what I mean? Um mm. When when you lean in and you trust God enough to just just pray, just talk talk to Him. Not you know, oh, is He gonna is He gonna answer this? Is He gonna do this? Is that or the other thing? Just talk to Him, communicate, yes. have a relationship with, and have that confidence and that faith enough to do that. It you know, we see that a piece of God. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. He will have you. When you lean in, he's got you. And so whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Okay, how do you help the mindset of the situation that when you put your mind on the things that are praiseworthy, that are excellent, when you walk in the steps that are given to us, because we are given the steps to walk in, it, it's just not the easiest track. You know what I mean? There's there's a there's a a, a trade-off there of having your mind in the right spot where when you follow that command, um, you enter into a peace that no uncertainty can take away from you. Do not let the present circumstances steal the wonderful gift that God has for you away from you. As Christians, now's the time we need to step up. Be praying mm -hmm. for the world around us. And don't be praying in terms of, you know, don't don't be afraid to pray in the immediate, not in the, oh, well, you know, it, I pray that eventually there's a there's a cure, that eventually there's a there there's a, an awakening, there's a healing eventually. Don't be afraid to pray in the suddenly. Because the the when you 
enter into that invitation of God into into a, a, a circumstance, when you lift up your brothers and sisters in prayer and petition, when you lift up a circumstance and you you're you're stepping into the responsibility and the duty of being a representation of Christ. It's the role that we're called to, and now is the time for us to to step into that in a in a major way. Yes, there is a level that you can go in deeper, and I'm, I'm searching right now for the portion that I want to bring out. I'm not going to read into scripture, but I'll point into it where. John, when he's first taken up, there's, and he's before the thrones, and the four creatures are crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And they say it over and over and over again. This is what's happening in heaven right now while the pandemic is going on. There is a reverence for God. So you may find yourself at one point entering into a higher form and a higher form, higher level, whichever word works for you, level of prayer where you, everything fades away. And it's just about you and God. God, you are holy. God, you are righteous. God, you are marvelous. God, you are just. These are your prayers that are coming up. There's no agenda to it. It's adoration and it's flowing out. These prayers can also phenomenally affect the world because what the world needs is the presence of God. And as you enter into it, your prayers may shift from the things of the world to God who is eternal. If that happens with you, go, for, go with it. Don't give up. It is a precious thing that occurs. There's nothing wrong with praying for people, situations, tragedies, whatever scale they are. But at one point, it's you and God. And that needs to be elevated because you're seated in heavenly places. And I like seeing the, the creatures calling holy, 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 because that is a profound statement that we're to come into worship before the Lord. And he is the one who does. As a matter of fact, at the end, when Christ returns, he brings all his saints with him and the angels and everything. And they're getting ready for the final battle. And what does God do? He says with a word, with a breath, he undoes the Antichrist. He dissipates him. He doesn't call his bride to go and fight. The bride is present as the bridegroom destroys the Antichrist and then brings about the judgment of the nations. So there is a intimacy in prayer that you can follow through. Your goal at the end of every prayer should be, and hopefully it's understood, to be an intimate presence with God who changes you. To fully flush out that thought that you just that you just gave, um, 
Can you add some dimension to the word worship? Because a lot of people hear that and they hear, they think immediately of the band, the on Sunday <laughs> and, the yes. and all of those things. That's yes. what people tend to know as worship. And the context in which you're using it is way more three-dimensional than that. Yes. Um, I'm going to give an ambiguous term, but I think it's understood by most people. I'm not talking about worship as singing, as, as, as Joe mentioned. I'm talking about adoration. I adore you, God. You are wonderful. It's all about God. And you would talk to him as you would a lover, you know, and you would just let it come forth. And then you would be quiet because you're in his presence and you would feel a difference. Your body's more relaxed. You, it's almost like the, the, the air in the room has changed. And it's really you have changed because now you've accepted the fullness of God as a finite being can, you know, you accept the fullness of God and it changes your whole demeanor, your body, and you're able to be at peace because you're intimate with God. That level of worship is what every Christian should be doing. And it's what Jesus did when he stole away in the wee hours of the morning. And people who know me says that was probably the hardest part about Jesus for me to understand that three hour getting out. Um, and it took me like 30 years to get through that before one man was able to put it in a way that my mind could understand. Uh, adoration equals worship. It's not limited to singing. It's not limited to singing in a group. It's not limited to um, any other form that we express. Those are expressions. So, but the adoration wells from inside and we tap into the living water. Jesus said out of our belly will flow living water as well. That can come through the adoration. So whenever you think of adoring your lover, who is God, give voice to that. And I tell you, um, Satan doesn't like that. He wants you distracted from before that point. So, oh, you got to get to work. You got to go pay a bill. Oh, you remember who that, that Joe Blow who said that to you? You know, everything that he can, he will distract you with. But you have one thing on your side that God has already given you the ability to enter into it immediately if you desire. But it does take practice to get that desire ready where you could say, oh, I'm leaving everything outside the door. Now, you hear people when they say, don't take your work home with you. That's an understanding for us. It says leave everything at the door. Don't bring it into the house. So that's the kind of same thing. OK, I'm leaving the world at this door and I'm going to be alone, quiet with Jesus. And this is something that I've been delving into the last couple of weeks, um, even before we were on. Uh, the stay-at-home order, and, and now we we have a statewide stay-at-home in North Carolina. So God had already prepared me to start becoming intimate with him, and if I would have said, I'd say I'm learning this. This is what I'm going to be learning about, but there is immediate benefits. So adoration, as like when I said the prayer, you are good, you are marvelous, you are wonderful. You know, that prayer, that prayer, that communication with God, that worship 
when I enter into those words, I feel it in my body. You know, we have said things that we feel in our body. And a lot of times it can be a negative thing. So why not positive things? You know, we can get angry and we say a, a judgment against somebody. We enter it. Our muscles are tense. You know, we're we're boiling with rage. But when we fall in love, we say to the person we adore that we're happy to be them. And our body is in that moment. It's the same thing with God, but to a higher degree. Because, and I'll put it this way, it might not be the best way for everybody, but it's good for me. I enter into eternity when I do that. I tap into where God is, and God is everywhere. I'm not taking away from that, but I I leave my temporariness for him. I dwell with him. I am in heavenly places. So that is something that every Christian can do because they have that access through Jesus, the cross, the blood, the sacrifice, the resurrection. Jesus gave that to live is Christ and to die is gain. You had said something. The idea of getting distracted. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's that can happen in levels in areas where um, I don't think we give it do. do um, recognition in, uh, in, in, in scale of our lives. Um, I think a lot of times the idea might be that, you know, I'm just one person. How do my prayers make a difference? Um, we are told each one of us are given commands for a reason. Each person individually is known and cherished by God. There is a one-to-one -one relationship that is evidently spoken about all throughout the Bible. Mm -hmm. So then to take all of that, you have to weigh that against, you have to weigh scripture against your feelings on the matter and what in the distractions and what, what does scripture have to say about it? Well, you are known and you are adored and you are cherished by God on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Then why wouldn't you as your own person on a one-on-one -on -one basis matter to God in how you respond to things? Because folks, we all, we're all, we all have an opportunity in front of us of how we respond to this. You know, I don't know. I'm sure there's been people, or there's, I'm sure there's others that have heard growing up, um, maybe from a parent or a teacher or something. Um, you cannot control what other people do or say. You can only control how you respond to it. Maybe you cannot control the circumstances around you, or at least it doesn't feel that way. God can. God can control it. And and you can control how you react to it. Like I said, mm. the world has fear and anxiety for you. Intercede instead. Pray instead. Because let let your faith 
a rise in those in those moments when you communicate with God because each one of us is connected through Holy Spirit. And so that connection that we all have that 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 makes a difference. Each person's life matters. Each person's has a story about God that is being told whether negative or positive. There are many people in the Bible who are unnamed but have made an impact because they've touched God's life and they've inherited a portion of scripture that talks about their heroic efforts. We have the, the probably the popular ones we understand. People who made a difference with their lives like Daniel, Moses, Peter, Paul, but then we have some many unspoken people that took acts of courage. And I want to say uh, the king's name, I forget what his king's name was, um, if it was Abishak or not. Uh, it could, it, I probably am remembering wrong, but the, the story was that this king was getting ready to murder people who were in a tower, um, Jewish people, uh, and one woman took a stone and threw it down on him. It hit him in the head, and he knew he was dealt a mortal blow. Now, just a little backstory. He's already killed people in this manner before. So this woman did that, and he tells one of his men to kill him because he doesn't want the world to know that a woman killed him. But the Bible records her heroic act in saving not only herself, but the people that were with her. And then you look and you see a woman who made an impact on Jesus that was more profound than the other people who were coming to God and giving. The widow brought two small mites, it's probably less than a penny, and she sacrificed the only thing that could be called money for the kingdom of God, and she gave it. And God says what she's done here is more than what these others have done. She gave out of her need while they gave out of their much wealth. Those weren't the exact words, but that's the picture. So these two heroic women stood up and told a story of God that could be told in no other way. And they elevated God in a way that saved people, that gave people a different perspective, but that honored God. Your life can do the same, and it doesn't have to do it for just a one-time event. Your life is for your life, the years you have on it. So you can make something every day. And if you have a bad day, let it go, go on to the day that God has given you because you only have the moment you're in to effect change. Um, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Mm -hmm. So in these times, brothers, sisters, hear me. Do not miss this. These two things, we are called into a place of love and gentleness. We are called for our actions to be evident of the God that we serve. 
we need to be that. We need to be the church right now. We always do, but we are, the world is in a crisis right now. Um, so I don't want to make it sound like, oh, the crisis is over. We need to not, we don't need to worry <laughs> about doing this anymore. Guys, this is like washing your hands. We need to be doing it regardless of uh, yes. the pandemic. Um, we are not left out in the cold. We're not left alone to just figure it out. In uh, Luke uh, chapter 11, you know, the, the one thing that I find fascinating about the Gospels, different accounts, different takes, different perspectives, same Jesus. Yes. Same Jesus throughout all four of them, but different accounts written by different men. Um and so we we see this particular example of um, the Lord's Prayer, starting uh, starting at, at, at verse one. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, "Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples." He said to them, "When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come." Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and leads us and lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask. And it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. You have to look at it through the lens of, well, this is what a human can do. How much more can God do? You know what I mean? And, and and I hear this, I hear this, this, this idea of asking you shall receive um, taken so horribly out of context. Most times that I hear it quoted, usually in the midst of some kind of gospel or uh, prosperity, something or other, you know what I mean? Asking all things and, and you'll get whatever you Rub want. Rub the lamp and the genie will give it to you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and obviously it, it has to. It cannot conflict with other scripture, so it has to be in line with scripture with God. So it's not, you know, it's not a magic lamp sort of situation. Um, but it's easy to miss a couple of things when you, you know, we've all heard the Lord's prayer. If you've been in church any real amount of time, you've pr you've probably heard the Lord's prayer in some in some way, shape, or form. Um, and, and and as sons and daughters of God. We are taught to ask for heaven to come down. And that's, it's, your kingdom come, I think is a line 
that is very easily missed when when we when we read this um and when we think about the whole idea of um jesus's ability to interact with this this whole situation um life our lives the wide angle view um and and so I read this and I can't help but see the posture that we're taught, the power that we're given, the 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 unfettered access to God that when you when you take full account of gives you a leisure, a measure of confidence that cannot be taken away by any earthly means. Mm. Yes. We serve a king that has each one of us individually, um, regardless of what it looks like here, regardless of the circumstances here, regardless of the human condition here, that God sees all, is all, knows all, and sees past the present circumstance. And so I, I say all of that to say, uh, listeners, do not allow the present circumstance to cloud your, your, your perception of what God can do. Because it's we, we see what is in front of us. We see a fraction of, of the entirety of the whole. And... It's hard to reconcile that against hearing another thousand people dead because of a, a sweeping illness every day. To hear that that babies and and old older folk and people that are otherwise healthy dying from an from a widespread illness. It's hard to reconcile that in in the human brain. But even past the tragedy of the human condition, of the potential of the human condition, sin and death, all of it, all of it falls to God. Yes. I wanted to go to, because it really popped for me this time when you were reading it from Luke. In verse 4, it says, Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. So that portion is a, another sentence, but the focus is that. We sometimes don't tend to think that we should be forgiving other people for whatever slight, large or small, but we're living in a time where that can occur very quickly, where you could be yelled at or have something from your cart stolen, or worse yet, a loved one. Somebody disrespected my wife or my daughter or my son. You know, I want retaliation. Well, God says to forgive, but it's also spoken of it. This is what we need to do for ourselves. And it's saying, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. So the mindset is we're already practicing forgiveness 
So, Father, forgive us. So that is what popped out to me uh, from Luke. And in, in Matthew, it says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Um, same version, NIV, but for me, it popped differently this time. And the practice of forgiveness, if you look at the Greek word, the, the very first meaning is um, indebtedness, someone who's indebted us with money. Um, and then the second part is goodwill do or benevolence, do benevolence. So we have here something that we truly understand, uh, a term used for money. When you owe me money and you don't want to pay it, it makes me angry. You're disrespecting me. You're affecting my uh, income. Whatever we, we we understand that it creates a primal reaction in us. Well, God wants to counter that primal reaction with a solution of forgiveness that we have built into us, the readiness to forgive a situation. So I think as as you go through the days and you encounter people who you know don't cover their mouth when they cough or they swipe something from your cart or they just behave like people that you're ready to forgive you know take whatever measures you need to carry about on the bottle of germex if you need to you know and whatever you can to make forgiveness ready to give live out of that place of just understanding that god will hear you that God still moves and that when we come forward in in trust, it has nothing to do with the way that we think it's going to look. That it has everything to do with the way that God sees it. That the way that God, God will move in his way and, and, and speak in his way. Um, and it, so don't get don't get caught up in that that idea of you know what ifs what if well what if it doesn't work if I pray and all of those kinds of things guys the world needs our prayers the world needs people to stand up and intercede on her behalf um, that's just the that that that's just the truth of the matter and so as we settle into praying of over our own families our friends, families, the world, whatever whatever scope and range that you're talking about, no matter how small or how big, remember that all we need to do is is is, is engage that. God God will do the heavy lifting. When we engage him and, and we trust in him, um, God will be there to to meet us. Right. Yes. Remember that you can redeem this time. It it is one hundred percent possible to redeem this time. Yes. I don't know if anybody else had this moment hearing this of of you know oh man all of those times where if I just said man I wish if I had a little bit of uh, if I had a little bit more time I'd crack open my Bible. Well, now what's your excuse? Yes. <laughs> you get, you're, the, those those excuses are, are dwindling fast. Um, and so 
this is an opportunity to be able to um, engage Holy Spirit, engage the word, engage God, set up times like we've been talking about. Do it do it daily. Don't wait for Sunday. Don't wait for your church's uh, live stream ser- service to engage in worship and to, to, to engage with God. Do it daily. Figure out a time. Put Take yourself away, silence and solitude, and mm. just interact. Shut it off. Just engage God. Have what he see what he has for you. Sounds really good. Good encouragement. You mind if I close in prayer? Yeah. yeah go. Father God, we thank you for each and every one person that was listening. We thank you that you love them so much, Father. I pray right now you would protect them, Father, that you would teach them also about um, spiritual warfare, but the the mindset, the mindset that they're in. Let them know how they think and how it needs to align with your way father just as you've been teaching me father i'm learning so much right now father i pray you'd bless them with peace that they would be intimate with you that they would be in your presence father that it would be overwhelming father that they could rejoice and speak to you great and wonderful things in acts of worship father they could adore you that this would be a time of strengthening and growth and being made to know things that were hidden father that you would reveal to them intimate things as they pursue you we thank you for them in jesus holy name we thank you for them amen